Blog Talk Radio. Hello and a wonderful good morning to you, good afternoon, good evening. Those of you that are in New Zealand or Australia, welcome. Those of you that I receive messages from Europe as well that are listening to this show, The Lion. I am your host, David Matthew Brown, and I truly am grateful for each and every one of you that are joining us here today. Uh, we did have a couple of guests scheduled today, and we will reschedule them for next Monday. They had some last-minute things that had to be taken care of, which is perfect. So today I want to share with you, I had met with a person who is a coach, and it was in that dialogue that I felt like we can start talking about some stuff here on the lion and start to poke some holes in some of the nonsense that people are propagating on this planet. And that necessarily doesn't always mean in politics or in business or in anything other anything other than looking at uh, spirituality because it is showing up in our spirituality and our practices and um, it's also in our religions when we talk about uh, wealth and sex. And when I was moving through my own process, I always figured that wealth and sex were two different things because I grew up in religion propagated to their kids and adults the same message of guilt and shame. And yet also, in turn, when it came to sex, said God is love and denounced different sexualities. So there was a lot of mixed messages when it came to the religion that I was a part of. And it was confusing. And when it came to sex and loving yourself, loving your body, what came about was guilt and shame. Uh, That God created you in its image and likeness, and yet you weren't allowed to embrace all the equipment and qualities that this loving, unconditionally present God had given you. So we are going to dialogue today, and I hope that in this dialogue over the next 25 minutes that it will bring up some things within you and maybe within myself where we could uh, begin to see another paradigm, a newer paradigm of exploring uh, wealth and success. Fascinating is that in awareness, aware of the word success, the first thing that pops in my head is sex, sex, S-E-X, C-C-E-S-S, not S-U-C-C-E-S-S when we talk about success. And the reason for that is because in our own sexuality, as we uh, embrace our sexuality, we begin to really see that right where the sexuality is, our sex is, is our creativity. And one of the reasons that religions wanted us to suppress our sex is because they knew that that was our creativity. So if I teach you that your sexuality and to feel guilty and shameful about your sex, I'm also teaching you another thing. I'm teaching you that your creativity isn't good enough. And so what happens is that you are disempowered, that you feel unworthy to create. You feel unworthy by your own sexuality, by your own sex. 
And then to top it off, I feed you with the idea that God is love. But yet now you have the idea that God is love but a judgmental God because you should also fear God. So now your mind is deluded with a concept, idea, about your own sexuality. And so as you grow up, you begin to feel insecure about your very nature, the very nature of who you are. Your sexuality as a woman and as a man is very important to this planet. And until you embrace it, you will continue to dive and live in a reality of unworthiness, of lack, of not being enough. You will negate and deny your sexuality and your own creative force for a God that judges you. So in actuality, when we look at the omnipresence of something that you are already in and existing in, once I take that away from you, you negate who you are and become powerless. And so what happens is in that negation and that powerlessness, if I bring up the word defenselessness to you, you feel weak. You feel like, oh my gosh, the world is going to run all over me. So what happens is in this state of not being enough, in this state of not uh, resting in the assurance of your own sexuality, which is your create creative force, your creativity, your true empowerment, both as a woman and man, what happens is you leave your body, literally leave your body so you're not in your body. And when you take on a spiritual path, what happens is now you just rest in heaven and you you see things and you're insightful and you're light-filled, but you're not in earth, you're not in your body. Your soul, your spirit, your energy is no longer cohabitating inside your own body. So what happens is you are now co-creating from a place of disempowerment. You are creating from heaven, but yet you're not connected to earth. So you're not connected to the feminine. Not connected to that great feminine force, which is giving and receiving. And it's one energetic. It's not two. We just see we see the effect more than we see the cause. And so in religion, we have been talked out of our creativity, which is our sexuality. They're both intertwined. And why is that important? It is important because if I talk you out of your sexuality, I'm talking you out of life. And once I talk you out of life, then all you see is death. And you think about death things, like you think about ending your life, or you think about that you're not good enough, or you think about that you're unworthy enough. These are ideas of death. And of course, you're thinking about those things because that is all that you've known right when you were talked out of your sexuality. So as we begin to maneuver and move through and with and own our sexuality, we begin to own our power, we begin to own our creativity. And from a male perspective, what does that mean? Well, men were talked out of and disempowered too in their sexuality. 
So what they do is they show men images and their sexuality or lust, which is another form of lack or limitation. And then men release themselves because these pictures or these images or these ideas that they have about women or men, depending on their sexuality, because they're releasing it, what they're really doing is they're releasing their creativity. And they're, they're staying in a disempowered place. So men now are learning not to have that release, and they're learning how to bring that release from the lower chakras back up through their body, and now their creative life is a lot more alive. Some would call that taking chi, taking life itself, and rather than releasing it, bringing it back up, and that takes a lot of breath control and self-control. So with creativity, we are learning about, when we start to own our sexuality, we are learning about self-control. We are learning about self-control in a way that is not powerless. We're not saying that you need to control anything. What we're saying is that you are learning how to harness a creative force that is so massive to your body that it takes practice and breath control to bring that energy up through your heart and your mind and And so now heaven and earth is connected. Again, this is all coming about because I had a talk, I was just bringing up earlier in this dialogue with the coach. And the coach is more concerned about effects, but the effects of things, having things, cars, uh, more money, uh, a better looking person, I mean, whatever it is. But these are all effects of something. But yet, I asked him about, well, what about peace? And I bring up the word peace, and that might scare people because people go, well, I'm not at peace. Wonderful. Good acknowledgement. Not that many people are. So it takes faith. And faith isn't a powerless action. Faith is a complete surrender of trust, like a tree has, to the earth and the heaven, the tree surrenders itself to the sun and surrenders its roots to the ground and allows nature itself to break and destroy itself and re- rebirth itself again. A good example of what I'm talking about would be when you watch nature, plants fully come alive and then they die and then they come back to life again. And so when you watch that, I was in Yosemite backpacking, and there's a point in the summer where the, where the lightning hits different parts of the forest to destroy the old trees to bring forth new trees. So in love, we deal with the creative force which loves to play, and that creative force within us loves to create, and then maybe the thing will be destroyed, and then we'll bring something better up. It's like when you're a child. When I was a child, I used to play with Legos. I'd build these wonderful buildings, and then I would destroy them, and I'd start over and build something else. But I never thought of feeling guilty or shame. I never thought about dwelling on the destruction of it. I knew that it was part of playfulness, that this wasn't working, so I'm going to reconstruct something else. I'm going to create from a different place. I'm going to create something bigger or broader or smaller or or something that fits the idea that my creative force wants to create. But what happens is when we begin to listen to some of these coaches, 
some of these fake shamans, fake tantra masters, fake gurus, fake leaders, fake self-help people, fake new age people. doesn't matter who it is. But most of the work that they're talking about is creating from a place of lack. I want this, so I'm going to create this. There's nothing wrong with this, whatever this is, when you're creating from a place of enough. There's nothing wrong with any of it in general. But as you begin to go back into the cause, and you can touch into that cause in many different ways. You could touch into it through meditation or through yoga or through dance or through movement or through art or through whatever it is. But whatever it is that brings you to the place of cause, because most of the world is affected by the effect and they don't want to look at the cause. They want to negate the cause and look at the effect because nobody wants to take responsibility for the cause. And I myself have been there myself. As you begin to look at the cause of how it all started, the cause of what was created, the fun part is once you're aware of it, you can recreate again and there's no guilt or shame or judgment or denial or hate or anger against oneself. It's actually the first response is, gosh, I'm glad I am aware of this and I forgive myself and now I can recreate again. It's okay. Nature does not judge itself. There is no judgment in nature, whether that nature is you call it God or you call it good or you don't believe in it or whatever it is. Forget the words. Whatever you call that cause does not judge, nor has it ever judged you. It can't judge something that it created in its own image and likeness. That's how beautiful you are. You were birthed from two parents that gave you life. And they said, we're giving you life on this planet. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to see how grateful your life is? How are you going to express this life? Well, what happens is most people, once they feel powerless and disconnected from life itself, the life that's already living and breathing right where they are, they begin to form comfort. They build boundaries whether those boundaries are around their house. Then those boundaries become other neighbors, and then those other neighbors become whatever that is. And then life is gone, and now they're just there to die. And so we need to look at our own BS. We need to stop coaching or teaching or congratulating people that are trying to make a buck off of you when they themselves are stuck in a place of lack or they are not walking that walk. And it's not to say that that walk is easy because it's not because most people do not want to wake up because it's a pain in the butt. So if you don't want to wake up, fantastic. If you do want to wake up, fantastic. The speaker currently is speaking about ending the BS on the planet in spirituality and religion that keep propagating a certain kind of place which is derived from lack. Even when people talk about using gratitude, 
What they're really talking about is if I'm grateful, then I'm going to get something. But the gratitude isn't coming from the gratitude of life itself, that I am life and I am grateful. Thank you for this. I may not know why this is unfolding in the unknown, but I am grateful that it is. And so we really begin to fall in love and have a romantic relationship with the unknown. That's the the best place that we can be at, that we are falling in love with the unknown. And so wealth happens from that spring tunity that as you're here right now on this planet, that this wealth of opportunity is right where you are. And that wealth of opportunity could happen in time-wise, five minutes from now, an hour from now, uh, tomorrow. It doesn't really matter in a time frame. But right where you are, you rest in the cause. You rest in the cause of life. What is causing life within you? What is life? Explore it. Contemplate it. What is it like to live a creative life? That means that people can come and go in your life and there's no attachment. What happens is people come into people's lives and we want to know why they're in our life and why is it happening what's going on. It doesn't matter. Some people are here for a short time. Some people are here for a long time. And some people are just in between. They come and they go. And none of it really matters because we are here to learn and blossom and grow and expand, but not from a place of lack. We're not here to get things. The moment we're here to get things, we're in lack. And that all starts with taking ownership of our sexuality. To get into your own body, into your own temple, and really begin to be with the traumas and be with uh, things that may have hurt or been painful in some way and really begin to take responsibility and own it and maybe even look at some forgiveness. I myself had to go through some sexual trauma and I had to look at it and I had to realize that it wasn't my fault. But when we enter a new agey spiritual market, Everybody's saying it is your fault. Look what you've created. Look what you're doing. Look what's going on. But in order for it to be your fault, you have to be aware that you're doing it. But if you're not aware that you're doing it, then you're lost and forgive them for they know not what they do. So we see the energetic of people pointing fingers and passing blame and, well, you're not perfect, right? You're not doing it a certain way. Or we have certain coaches or uh, speakers that uh, are beautiful in their own way and use that to seduce clients. Use that to try to manipulate, to cheat, and lie, and steal. Because that's what they're doing when they're using a client. When they themselves are coming from a place of lack or limitation and they're suggesting to this person that's paying them money for their valuable time that they can help them out. So we are coming to a place right now, both spirituality and religion, where it's not so much that it's going to end, but what it will do is blossom into a new paradigm, a new paradigm coming from a place of wholeness, that we no longer have to have uh, priests or ministers or nuns repress their own sexuality to help people. 
to repress it from a place of guilt or shame is what I mean. You have every right to be celibate. You have every right to do with your own sexuality what you choose to do, as long as it doesn't hurt or harm anyone. And that starts with us. That starts with each one of us owning that creative force within us, harnessing it and learning tools on how to bring forth from that place of wholeness From a place of wholeness, you have food, thank you. You have shelter, thank you. You have friendships, thank you. You have family, thank you. You have love in your life, thank you. You have all sorts of things that you can be thankful for right now. And from that place of gratitude, what more can be added to you to make you feel like you have uh, enough? It is said that no thought can be added to you. It's true. No thought can be added to you. That's how brilliant you are, each of us. Brilliant emanations of life expressing creatively, fully, abundantly. And sometimes in our own creative life, we have to destroy what we have created to recreate again, or we have to let it be destroyed in order for a new creative thing to come forward. And that's all part of nature, and there's nothing that anyone should feel guilty or shameful about, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a business opportunity, whether that's uh, an art project, whether that's whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's the ebb and flow of the creative force coming in as we learn and destroying the smallness and helping us with who we are, which is not so much big, but in the mind it feels like, whoa, I'm a lot bigger than I was yesterday. Well, you're just harnessing your power more. So it feels like you're bigger. The mind wants us to be to believe that bigness is to be bigger and broader and more excited and, and all sorts of things than somebody else. And that's still lack. So lack has a healthy way, a fun way of coming into our lives. Right? It's, it's when you run into a lizard. A lizard stands up on its hind legs and then gets really, really big to scare you. That's what a lot of people do on this planet. They get really excited to create something, but they're in fear. And we are learning to come from a place of unity within Oneness within. That doesn't necessarily mean that when you come into unity that people are going to like you. We are taught that if that is the case, you just keep walking. It's not about you. It's not personal. It's easy. It's hard if you're attached to that place, but you can only be attached to what someone else thinks about you if, in fact, where you are, there isn't peace around whatever that is. Someone says you're not good enough and you get all upset about it. Well, maybe you feel somewhere in your ethers that you're not good enough. No worries. You just go back into that place and you love the heck out of it. It's all right. It may take you a couple days. It may take you a week. It doesn't really matter. But we are here to recognize the sentence, peace be still. That is true wealth. True wealth is found in your inner peace where nothing can disturb you and where you are disturbed as I am learning 
That is your growing edge, and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, good, this came up. I'm, I'm grateful that this came up. Now I can work with it, right? So in a problem-hungry society, we turn away from the problem and we go to the cause. And that's exciting. Because what we realize is that as we begin to own heaven and earth in our body, we begin to, to own the earth part, sexuality, the, the creativity. Now we can finally take some ownership in heaven. And then we realize that we're already in heaven. So there's a process to it. Let me preface this. Waking up is a pain in the butt. And so as people are waking up, they are going through a lot of pain. That's okay. That's what happens when a mom is birthing a child. They go through agitation and anger and tears and happiness and all sorts of emotions are amped for this beautiful, beautiful baby. But the process of it was a process. And at no point, if you deny that that's what you're feeling, the process itself is more arduous. But if you can accept what is you're feeling, that energy, the sensations, the emotions that are running through your body when they come up, tightness in your neck and your shoulders and your kneecaps and your feet, and you're just aware of it without trying to change it or fix it, and you just love it, it will transform your life because you are a creative being expressing itself fully. And expressing yourself fully to the mind means I need to be big. I, need to, I can't be small. No, that's duality. True success, true wealth is owning your sexuality because your sexuality and your creativity are not allowed anymore after listening to this to suppress it or repress it. It is not helping the earth Mama Gaia does not help Father Heaven, however you look at it. It's not helping anybody by you suppressing your sexuality. Because you are here to not harm yourself. And by not hurting and harming yourself, magically, you will not be hurting or harming somebody else. So we are here to end the BS, the belief systems, that many people are putting into play as though you have no power, that you have no say, that you are just this robot that is just pontificating effects everywhere and that you don't know where they're coming from because your feelings aren't because of somebody else. Your feelings are because of you. They're in you. And so when we look at victimhood and blaming and complaining, judging, all of this stuff, It is a complete denial of our creative force, a complete denial of who we are. And with that, we have people that are coaching other people from that place. And so we need to stand tall, we need to stand up, and we need to say that that is not right. You cannot use your looks to seduce people. You can, but it's uncalled for now whether you're a man or a woman. You can't use these personalities which people are hoodwinking in other people into believing them because we are serving the greater good, the cause. And this is a cause. That cause is in you. 
So what are you causing? That's why we have the word because, because. Where, where you are in a place of being, you will cause. So if your place of being is causing love, kindness, joy, compassion, creativity, uh, fierce compassion, wonderful. But if in this place of because you're causing hate, tantrums, violence, all sorts of stuff, then that needs to be looked at. So I hope these past 30 minutes have helped or allowed you to contemplate some stuff and look at some stuff. I'm your host, David Matthew Brown. We'll be joined next week as we explore some more uh, goodness that people are bringing on the planet. Thank you for allowing me this little moment to roar. If you want to get my book, The Book of Life, The Heart Opening, or 90 Days of Heat, Freedom Through Moksha, you can definitely go and get that at Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com. Secondly, if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook at David Matthew Brown. Just put a three at the end. Or on Twitter and Instagram at Love to Roar. Peace and many blessings.